Hello and welcome back to the Pro Try News podcast. If this is your first time listening, this podcast was designed to talk about the inner workings of the professional triathlon field. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Pat and Talbot are joining me today. Uh, we're going to talk about the results from the Free Straight Triathlon last weekend, a preview for this weekend's upcoming races, and a little bit of juicy drama. But first, we're going to kick off with some breaking news uh, on entry lists. Entry lists have been updated as of today, uh, and Daniela Riff has made herself known entering into both the North American Championships at St. George 70.3 and Ironman Tulsa. Can I just say that, Daniela, if you're, I'm assuming you're going to be listening to this tomorrow when it launches, but you need to go to the Blue Dome Cafe while you're in Tulsa. If, If you don't have breakfast there, and you win the race, uh, the the trip in my mind is a failure. So make sure you check that out for breakfast. Pat, have you been to Tulsa oh, before? Tulsa tough. Many, 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 many oh, times. Tulsa, yeah. Oh, lo- lo- love, love Tulsa. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for any athletes getting ready to go there at the end of May, uh, your heat prep needs to be figured out because it's going to be and hot. Windy. And windy. Yeah, terribly windy. Yeah. That is, that is, that is, it is going to be windy. And you know what's funny is that St. George, Texas, Tulsa, and all that, Patrick Lang was on the list, and I want to rag him because he was going to come and race, and and you want to say he got scared, but I'm in European travel over here, and they cancel Ironman Texas, so there's no reason for him to come over here because I'm sure he was just coming over to race Ironman Texas, but he pulled himself from all the American start list after they canceled Texas, which was a bummer. Well, he was he was on that list, yeah. And then, um, so it looks like Holly Lawrence as well is on the seventy point three St. George start list. So it'll be Holly and Daniela racing together. Give us a little preview of what's to come at seventy point three Worlds in September at St. George. And are we under the impression that it's going to be the same St. George course as before? And what they're doing in May is just a test run of what the how the World Championships will go in September. I would, I would guess so. I'm pretty sure it's the same course. Uh, we might have to ask a few race directors to confirm that, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's the same course. Which we'll, we'll touch more on startless entry list later on. But I guess we'll first we'll dive into this last week's uh, free state triathlon in, uh, in South Africa. So the free state triathlon, it looks like they mixed the U23 results and the elite. They all went together. Um, Emma Pallant Brown running a 36 50 10k. Uh, second, we had Shanae Williams, and third, we had Anna Watkinson. And then in the men's race, as you could probably tell, uh, Henry Schumann, as we kind of predicted, um, did what we all thought he would do, ran a 32-50 10K and, and ran away from the field. Uh, second place, we had Jamie Riddle, and then third place, Nicholas Quinette. No, I, I would say no surprise there, and shout out to PTO for... Uh putting that price for us up. I mean, none of these athletes in South Africa wouldn't have made any money if they didn't put up that price first. So I guess we'll, ju- we'll yeah. I guess we'll jump into the super league race. Pat's what's your, what's your thoughts on super league? You know, I'm excited to see, uh, I'm excited. I didn't, I didn't miss it the last time when they did this arena style race and I've been paying a lot closer attention to it. I feel like, uh, the lead up, they've done like a little bit better job of promoting it. So, it's got me really interested in wanting to see it. I think the only my only issue with the Super League and them changing the formats all the time is I'm and Talbot. I know you and you, me and Kyle have spoke about this before. It's just impossible that I don't I can't keep track of the points. I don't know what they're racing specifically. So it's a challenge where I really like where they mix up the distances, the order, and the events. But for the consumer and i would say the three of us are very well trained consumers of triathlon it still is really confusing to watch so my only fear is when they're going back and forth this week between the real life athletes and then the avatars on zwift is it just a little too cumbersome is a little uh challenging to keep track of oh i mean i you couldn't have summed it up more i i love super league i think they're doing incredible things for the sport they're pumping things in but i think it's like I always look at it for the state standard age group athlete. A lot of, a lot of age group athletes still even 
don't really know what's going on in ITU racing. Like they don't understand the whole draft legal concept. They understand it's an Olympic distance race, but, but, but then to really break it up even more, I, I feel like the coverage and media and all that is incredible, but I feel like where they lose the edge on grabbing more viewers is a lot of the standard age groupers just get lost. They don't, they don't know what's going on. That That's just my opinion. I'm sure numbers probably say otherwise. I'm not really for sure, but yeah. Yeah. And it's my, it's my understanding. I mean, they've done a great job with broadcasts. It's my understanding. These are going to be free to view on YouTube. So they're going to make it easy for everybody. Um, hats off to them. I just, we've had these conversations before when I've, when I've jumped into watching them, I'm, I'm confused at times. And so, um, that's my only critique, but the, from a developmental standpoint, if you're a, we'll call it entry level continental cup athlete trying to become pro on the ITU circuit, these races are the going to be the best thing for your development because, You've got to be a front pack swimmer. You've got to be dynamite on the run and the bike. Like you, you can't be uh, lacking in any of the three disciplines. And it'll yeah. be it'll be interesting because it's it's definitely one of those things that kind of puts you on the map. Is these races to kind of mm-hmm. get you for sure upper with those upper sure. echelon people, the the top names and things like that. So we'll just run through this weekend. It's they're doing the triple mix. It'll be three stages. It'll be two hundred meter swim, one k run, three k bike. Stage two will be a 1K run, 4K bike, 200-meter swim. And then stage three will be a 4K bike, 200-meter swim, and then a 1K run. Is there is there a break between these, or they just do these straight through? I, there's got to be a break at some point, because I think they're doing the men's and the female race kind of back-to-back. So I think you'll be able to rest while the female race is going on, and then you jump right back in um, yeah. once they finish. So And... and- and and the the, the the field the pro field well I, I guess the field it's pros and probably juniors as well usually from what they do at these events but it's Ben Dykstra which uh, Kyle Kyle and I had some chance to get to know Ben at the 2015 ITU Grand Final where actually where we met Pat so we we spent some time uh, there with him and and he won the Youth Olympic Games in 2004 and he's and he's now kind of entering the uh, well, he's, he's been racing in the pro field, but he's making his way up uh, as, he, as he's getting older. And then also Alex Yee, who is just Pat, – Pat can probably touch on Alex Yee and Johnny, Johnny Brownlee. He, know, he knows a bit about more about them than I do. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Alex has had some just dynamite performances. I'm sure these these events will are really going to be tailored to a, to a guy like Alex racing. Um yeah, I mean, we'll just see. I've got no idea where any of these people are at in their training cycle or what they're getting ready for. Um, you know, I don't. My understanding is is that GB only has two slots right now set for the Olympics. They're desperately trying to get a third for the men, and they don't have. Um, I'm not sure that they've named anyone to the team yet. So I think for in future shows we have to do a little bit of research to understand. Um, where Alistair and Johnny are at and then what they're going to do with potentially not having a third slot. Yeah, that's yeah, huge. They, they usually need that domestique. domestique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're they're going to look at somebody like Alex or Ben and... and hey, we, do we have a guest? Do we have a guest <laughs> oh, calling no, in? Oh, no, not this time, not this time. <laughs> Kyle, tell your, Kyle, tell your mom yeah. you're busy. Um so we'll, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, let's, let's move on to the women's race. And, and, I, and you know, I want to be clear. I think, you know, Talbot and I were, were being critical. We love what the Super League's doing. We just, we're going to call it like we see it and, and give a little bit of a critique with the, with the format. But, but I love what they're doing. I love the look of the series. Uh, I'm excited to watch and, this. And, and adding on to that, too, one thing that I do love that the Super League does is they are able, they do such a good job, and Chris McCormack does such a good job at, at, at grabbing the long course athletes and giving us a glimpse at the long course athletes racing the short course athletes, which usually we would only see at like Island House that they don't even do anymore. So, for example, this weekend they actually were able to brill in um, Ruth Assel and also uh, Lucy Charles Barclay. So they're both doing the the race this weekend, which will be really, really exciting to watch. And then on the men's field, Tim yeah, Don. Long course athlete. Oh yeah, that they yeah. In, yep. So. yep. No, and I think um, you know you've got also Georgia Taylor Brown, current world champion. It's going to be fantastic. I'm assuming that her training. Again, I don't know who 
I don't know who's been named to the women's team yet for Great Britain. So we've got to do a little bit of our homework and figure out where who has those spots and where they might be in their training cycle and how they're going to use this race to get ready. Yeah, so I sense. think Sophie, Sophie, it, it, I guess, I guess, well, um, she's probably in the, in the mix as far as the, um, being named on the great Britain team. And she just recently, I believe got engaged, um, this last weekend or married one of the two. Oh, wow. Yeah, congrats. congrats. Well, can we, so I think what we would, we, what I'm going to request is if any of our audience has got some of the kind of these tip lines, if you could just DM them to Kyle, what's the, uh, what's the IG handle Pro for us? Pro Try News. Pro Try news. news. If you've got, if you can help us with some of these qualification questions that we have, that would be fantastic. All right. You want to roll into uh, 70.3? You spent some time in Australia, so I'll let you say it because I think I bot- botch it every time I say it. <laughs> 70.3 Geelong. Uh, <laughs> It's Geelong. We're not going to Geelong. Yeah, yeah, Geelong. we're not going to Geelong. It's Geelong. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really excited for this. It's it's Australia has done an incredible job at uh, continuing racing. So I mean, they they which, which we'll kind of hit on the nose when we get down to uh, Ironman New Zealand this weekend. But um, yeah, I mean, the the field is going to be pretty fact. I mean, this is more in Melbourne. Uh, Australia. Uh, it's kind of like the Baytown area of that. Uh, it's a pretty like rolling bike and a rolling run. And it's always, they always do an incredible job with coverage down there too. And I know Steph at Wits Up does an incredible job covering these races as well. So I'm sure you can head over to her channel and usually you can see a really good inside look into any Australian race, especially the female side from uh, the Wits Up channel. So if you're a big avid female follower on the uh, triathlon side of things, you can get a real good inside look there. Uh, the men's race, I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's your standard Australian start list. You got your Josh Amberger, you got Tim Reed, Tim Van Burkle. Um, so, and then, and then you have the, uh, Simon from who got first at, uh, the Husky race with a one thirteen run, which I mean, is, is a, is a pretty, a pretty fast run. Um, so it'll, it'll, it's, it'll be interesting to see because now, those earlier races, no one really knows their fitness level, but now we're kind of hitting that Oceanside kickoff of the 70.3 year to see how fit everyone is. So it'll be an interesting shakeout um, for, for the men's race. And then, Great. And then uh, Pat, you know, you know much about the women's field? Let's see, let's see if you've done your research. Yeah, I mean, you know, it seems like kind of the two hottest athletes that are really on form lately that are Australian-based are both uh, Ellie and Amelia. So I think, you know, we're going to see those two really go head to head. Uh, the race for third seems to be wide open. Uh, you know, this this race in Geelong is, is always a fun one to kick off the year. I think what you're still just going to be dealing with, and we're going to get to this later in the show, is, you know, who did their homework when the races weren't going on last year. And we're going to start to see that now this year as the season picks up. So who did their homework, who did too much, who didn't do enough. We're going to see this come race day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and it, it I I don't know Kyle, usually we are we talked about earlier was Barbara Rivera's on this list, start list or no? I don't believe so. I think yeah, like Pat touched on last week, I think she might be getting ready for is it a fourth Olympics? Fourth, fourth Olympics, Olympics, yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, that that rolls us in. So yeah, I I if I was to pick, I think that Ellie's going to come out on top on that one. She's finally got rid of her uh, hamstring injury, so she's racing pretty hot right now. It'll, it'll be interesting to see if she does a really good job here, if she decides to come over to uh, St. George. So, um, And that leads us into Ironman New Zealand, which this is a really interesting race. Kyle and I were talking about this earlier today. New Zealand is completely closed for anyone to come in, and, and this race has been on the books for a little while, and there's a $50,000 prize purse and there is a total of 12 athletes racing. So there's literally four females racing, and they pay, I think, seven deep. Eight deep. Eight deep. So what happens to that money? I mean... So do they just yeah. double everyone's prize purse and then just pay for all, all top four? Or do they... What, what does Iron Man do with all of the rest of the money after... Eight? And then what really sucks is there's nine men racing, and they pay eight deep, so... One one poor unfortunate soul is it gonna get a paycheck? So, I mean, you know that we we could joke about this a ton, but these are the kinds of numbers that we were used to seeing for pro fields three four years yeah. ago. 
it's just become all of a sudden now that they're so loaded up, like what we talked about earlier in the show with St. George and Texas. So I don't know. I mean, Ironman New Zealand's a cool race. I don't think in its best year that it has way more pros than this anyway. So I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. And, and you know, that that's the, that's the state of racing right yeah. now. Yep. Some races are oversubscribed, some undersubscribed, but they're going to do a race in New Zealand. And yeah, I think, We'll uh, we'll report on the results next yep. week. Yep. I can't I can't believe how many I, I can't believe how many races are going. Oh, on. I know. Finally, both those Finally. races will be uh, <laughs> the Ironman kind of starting position. So whoever wins the men's and the women's race at Ironman New Zealand obviously will get their slot for Kona. Um, and then whoever wins the women's and men's race of seventy point three Geelong, Geelong will be Geelong. whatever. <laughs> Will be uh, they'll get their seventy point three world championship allocation. So uh, next thing, something we've kind of been talking about. We saw this week that Sam Long and Ben Hoffman look to become uh, best friends while we've been away. Uh, Sam's taking some time to go down to Tucson, kind of hang out last year and battle back and forth with Lionel as far as getting some KOMs on Strava and things like that. And so. It's interesting to see Sam and Ben Hoffman kind of teaming up to get ready for some long course stuff. Well, I don't, I don't think this is anything new. Sam usually always spends time in Tucson because he's with his coach Ryan Bolton down that way, um, and I think they're just tra- they're they're all him and Heather and uh, Sam Long, Ben and Andreas. They're all coached by uh, Bolton, so Bolton, Bolton. But it is interesting take. And Pat, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I mean, you're rolling into early, early season. We're months away from Kona. We got 70.3 Texas coming up. And Sam and their squad busted out a, a 22-mile tempo run this last week. Where, Yeah, I, I was just curious on that. I mean, you, I guess you look at someone like Lionel who's doing a lot more short stuff. What are your thoughts on, on this long, long, long training? Yeah, I mean, it'd be tough to know, you know, from pulling, extracting one workout from a from a, a week or a month of training. Obviously, uh, you know, I don't know what did were they were they saying what the paces oh, were. Oh, I think I think uh, from according to Sam's YouTube channel, he he said that they were running at Ironman tempo pace. So I yeah, mean, pretty sure, sure race so. pace for for. But Bolton's always been. I mean, Ben Hoffman will do those hundred. I mean, I think that this comes off a big week. Sam was also posting like 140 mile bike rides, 150 mile bike rides with the Hoff. So sure, sure, yeah. So I think you know there there's some people that seem to have an appetite for. I don't want to call this lump this into long slow distance, but uh, they they want to they want to do a lot. So um, I don't know, 22 mile tempo run. I think I'm sure the coach has got something in mind. I mean, Gwen's done some crazy sessions where it's you know four by five miles at marathon pace before and uh you know that's gotten her super fit so tough to say without any racing obviously sam is notorious for doing some like 10 11 hour rides um my personal opinion i don't ever think you need to have a ride over six hours no matter what you are whether it's a pro cyclist or whatever it's cool if you want to go do an adventure it's 10 hours but i don't know to spend uh 10 hours in the in the straight sticks to get ready for Kona. I don't really think that that helps. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe maybe we could get we could get old uh ring Ryan Bolton or get Sam or him or Ryan on the show and and explain to us yeah. kind of their thoughts yeah, on, on on long training. I mean, he Ryan's coached some of the greatest uh long course runners or mer- distance runners in America, so Yeah, I just I just feel bad. I just feel bad for Sam's chain and tires. They get worn out quick if you're doing ten hour rides, man. So, um, yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, I always did crazy stuff training too, and that's fun to experiment with and and do that. But I think if I could go back in time, I would be really limiting my duration and increasing my intensity. And I think you get the most out of those those big intense workouts. I really yeah, love what Lionel I love what Lionel's doing right now. That his his YouTube channel with the doing the sprint, focusing on that for a little bit, doing the Olympic, focusing on that a little bit. I feel like that is the great gradual incline to get you ready for, for some long distance stuff. But but a majority yeah. history shows that the athletes actually do the opposite. 
they build the big base miles, and then they build the speed. So all Ironman athletes traditionally have done the complete opposite. So it will be very interesting to see if what Lionel and Tilbury Davis, have their, their training uh, plan that they've come up with will be successful. So... We'll, we'll it's hard for it's hard it's hard for these three gentlemen on this podcast to be biased <laughs> against uh, Lionel when it when it comes to <laughs> so whereas we're we're his three biggest fans so um <laughs> you know speaking that we we just we just gotta we, we have to make that disclaimer speak, that's all speaking to long runs though uh that I, I was watching some uh back and forth on instagram sam was throwing some shade at uh Cody Beals, he was saying that he was going to go for a, a long run, another long run today in, in his Alpha Flies, which I don't know if you follow Cody Beals' uh, YouTube, but Cody, Cody is just started a new YouTube channel. He's taking a different approach at things, but he post, posted a new video called Plants and Rants, and this entire thing was centered around the Nike Alpha Fly shoes and if pros should be wearing them. And Kyle wrote down some notes on kind of what the video was about. Kyle? So basically, his he had three or four different arguments. Some of them we'll hit on is pros taking, um, aren't taking shoe sponsors now, and they're racing in the Alpha Flies and technically losing money, if you will, um, by not having a shoe sponsor. However, on the flip side of that coin, you may be losing money from not having a shoe sponsor, but the amount of performance you probably get from these shoes in return to be able to run you either onto a podium or into first place or set you up for success for the next year to where a shoe sponsor will reach out to you and be like, hey, you're posting fast runs, you're upper echelon, you're getting up there. Um, We'd love to sponsor you. So it's kind of hard to look at that. The other argument is the shoe has been long debated um, over the last year about if it meets the USAT track and field rules, um, things like that. But if you if you are going to try and apply UCI rules and USATF rules to triathlon, um, that that Ventum bike that Cody Beals is on technically wouldn't fly in uh, in UCI. I mean, <laughs> Talbot, do you want to go? I mean, would it, okay. So, you, do you want me? Can I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. So here's here's. Here's the thing. I love this uh, this plants and rants thing that Cody's got going on. Obviously, he's a plant guy. The stuff that they were sitting in was uh, was really uh, beautiful. So, Cody, my wife would love if you came and did a bunch of plants in our our house. So, if you're ever in Portland, I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna take you up on that. Um, with respect to the shoe thing, I think it's a. I think it's important to note that. What is it? Twenty twenty. One in 2015, Nike shoes weren't that great. You know, they've gone through this five or six year period where their shoes have been fantastic and they have been the captains of uh, industry, but that hasn't always been the case. So I just go back to, you know, I thought it was funny that we're talking about a set of $300 shoes when every pro is riding a $10,000 bike. $10,000 bike, that's with a discount code. <laughs> you know, and so it's it's hard for me to justify this and and take it seriously. I just, I look at shoes and I just don't, compared to what, I mean, tires cost as much as these shoes and you go through tires way faster. So I, I don't know. I mean, we can use, I mean, it's no secret that, that Gwen is a Nike athlete. She's been beat by people in every single brand of shoes that there are. So it's not like when you put these shoes on, you're automatically winning. Uh, I think the biggest competitors in this space, they could go and they could go and make great shoes. And they've chosen to be slow on their development of making a shoe that's competitive against what is arguably the fastest on the market. That right was now. his other argument. So. Was- the R&D that Nike has is such a massive conglomerate that everyone else is literally playing catch up. I mean, I mean, he's, he's not wrong, but I mean, I just, I think what, I think what they're choosing to do is they're just like, 
they're not they're not moving quick enough and they didn't see they didn't hit this with enough urgency so i think there was a two or three year delay when they didn't think it was going to matter and then now they're finally catching up everybody's got a carbon carbon plate plate shoe so i mean it's just like uh, you can't tell me that the technology is that crazy in a shoe that costs 250 dollars like the, the end of the day, every single cycling shoe, do you want to know what the best specialized cycling shoe costs? 400 bucks. I mean, the, the shoes, I, I guess I just don't think in the scheme of the other products that you have to use to race an Ironman are that expensive. And you still have to train. You still have to train. It's not like you can just throw and you still have shoes to train. on and then automatically, ah, I ran a 15-minute 5K. Right, so... and. And and I'll, I just want to say the things I agree on and disagree on on this video. One, I think the cost perspective of the shoe is com- the most irrelevant thing in the world. You're talking about you got Jan Ferdino over here, whose bike is probably worth twenty grand after all the bells and whistles. Then you got a new athlete, let's say like Ari, this kid who's just now getting into triathlon. The kid literally bought his bike on Craigslist for a thousand dollars. They could have literally entered the same pro race. There, you can't even compare the bikes. The amount of time that Jan would have wore a car, or if Ari would have wore a carbon shoe, you can't even compare the times on the difference of a two of a hundred dollar running shoe and a three hundred dollar running shoe. So, I think if you're going to talk about cost perspective, let's go back to the basics on bikes. One thing I think that I do agree with him on is the free publicity. But then again, you have to remember the free publicity. It's it's all all the athletes are wearing the shoes. That doesn't mean like I saw. Almost every pair of running shoes in Miami was was the Nikes. And there's a lot of slow times. So when everyone there is running, they're either going to be fast times or slow times when 95% of the shoes are are the shoes. So and, and I agree with them. I mean, I agree that they do get a bunch of free publicity. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like Tesla. Tesla does not spend $1 on advertising. And you know why? Because they don't need to. I mean, everyone's breaking the records in these shoes. Uh, it's people are running them, and Nike doesn't even. They don't. They do throw money at triathlon. They do sponsor athletes. They got Nike Europe who sponsors athletes. Nike Global, I don't think sponsors any hard triathletes right now. But it, it, at the end of the day, on this video, this is the only thing I completely disagree with Cody. I think that he, if he is this much against Nike. This entire video is surrounded around one thing. He brought more awareness to this shoe by making this video than anything. I think that if Cody wanted to do this, he should have bought a Nike shoe because he basically said at the end of the video he's going to wear one. He should put a foundation or a charity of his choice, spray painted the shoe black, put the charity of his choice in the shoe, and then let the media take over from there. Just be like, Cody wore this shoe, but he painted this foundation on the side. I think that that would have been a better approach than to make an entire video about a shoe that you hate, but you're going to wear. That's my opinion. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think we kind of, I think we covered it there. I I'm with you. I agreed with certain things and disagree with other things, and I think it's it's uh it's fun to speak about. So yeah. Um, but then again, he was the, he was he was dropped by Skechers, and so was Lionel. I mean, these are two athletes that have done a lot for a brand like Skechers, and and Skechers and Skechers just decided they wanted to pull out of triathlon complete completely. So they want to I go mean, back what to do making do? the shape up. The shape up. Yeah, they're gonna start making the shape up again. Get out of triathlon, make the shape up, put a carbon sole in there, make them fast. Speaking of sponsor changes, though, we'll change the change it to sponsor changes. Yeah, I mean, speaking of that, I mean, it definitely looks like. Well, we do know that Skechers, Lionel, and both Cody have both said that they have dropped them that because they're moving out of a uh, triathlon. So there's that. I think there's some more too. So Kyle. tier tier T Y R, however you want to say it, dropped. Uh, Sarah True, they dropped Rennie, and they dropped Michelle Vesterby. Uh, Sarah True has now moved to Orca for her wetsuit. Yeah. She announced on her Instagram, so it looks like she's going to be getting back into training some racing soon. Um, and I think Rennie moved over to Aquasphere, which is, I could be wrong on this, but I think they're going through a complete rebranding. I think they're going to move their entire, I think they might drop the name Aquasphere and use it all Michael Phelps. Just completely use his name, almost like a, like a Michael Jordan brand. I think that's very smart. 
And then Michelle Vesterby went with the same um, swim company that uh, that Josh Hamburger's with. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. It's not DeBauer, is it? No, it's not. Uh, and then, and then, interesting too. Felt is no longer. Uh, looks like they parted ways from with Rennie as well, um, which is quite surprising. I mean, if I was a brand like that, I feel like that I would want an athlete like Rennie to retire on my bike. Is 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 something like that worth it, Pat? I'm a little too intertwined with the whole situation, uh, given that I work for Rally Cycling, which is a which is a partner of Felt. So I just I don't know, yeah, yeah. and I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to give uh, any any thoughts on the matter. <laughs> Josh, Josh do, do we know where as Rini- well is no longer with Felt. We, we no we I have no idea where where Rini is going to go where she went. Um, yeah, just no no idea. So, um, but then again. Yeah, I have no idea. But I do know this. I do know that another athlete in triathlon, Holly Lawrence, just announced her sponsorship with a CBD company. Beam CBD. That makes it to where 90%, 95% of the pro triathlon field is sponsored by a CBD company. Would you like to weigh in on this one, Pat? I mean, it's cool. There's, they've got a ton of interest you know, CBD is going to be, I guess, is, is here to stay. It's making its moment. Um, I've used a bunch of CBD products for sleeping, and it's been amazing. I use some for focus. It's amazing. Uh, so I think it's here to stay. I used some yeah. CBD after I went snowboarding, after I had a nasty fall, and the next morning I woke up and I felt fine. I didn't have, I wasn't sore or anything. And you, and you yeah, felt good? Yeah, I felt great. So well, there we go. See? There we go. Another uh, interesting sponsor, and I love seeing these sponsors come in because they they help a lot and they help athletes. Vespa. This this is something I. Yeah, this from is what cool. I hear, and may you might you might know more about it than I do, Pat. From what I hear, Vespa is going to make a big was going to do a big launch in Miami, and somehow I never saw anything. But I do know that Lucy Charles and Heather both had Vespa on their kits, but I never I went to the Vespa Instagram. I checked their Facebook page. I haven't seen anything. Do you do you know anything about that? And Sarah Corrali, Sarah Corrali uh, as oh, Sarah well. Oh, Sarah Yeah, yeah. My understand. My understanding. This is a Crowy led initiative. Uh, he's been in- tasked with getting a bunch of athletes and signing them up. And it's, uh, yeah. I mean, they're doing a Vespa sponsored team. I think it's really cool with the motor pacing. Oh uh, yeah. You know, I I did a I did a ton of motor pacing when I was a professional cyclist. Gwen did a ton of motor pacing when she was in triathlon. Uh, really, really creative idea. I, if Crowy was the brainchild for this, hats off to him. I've never thought about doing this, uh, and they made it happen. So I know Flora Duffy's on the team as well. No brainer. She's just obviously a super strong cyclist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, it's they went after a non endemic partner and and they got it. So yeah, hats Talbot off. Came to in. Talbot came in to the living room. And was like. So and so is sponsored by Vespa now. I'm like Vespa, the scooter company. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Crazy. I mean, it's you know we've had we've had car sponsorships in cycling forever, um, and you know we've integrated them obviously because the bikes are on the roof and et cetera. And there's some there's always images of motor pacing and and yeah, I can't I I can't believe this is kind of really the first time that they've activated it this way. So, uh, yeah, really, really cool, really creative. So now we just need yeah. now stuff. we just need pictures of pro triathletes pulling up with their Vespas next to Jan Ferdino and his Mercedes. Yeah, my only critique is they've got a, Vespa's got to figure out their logo. I don't like the logo that they're yeah on the, on the kits. kits. I don't like that either. It, it, I was confused. they got they got they got to tighten they got to tighten yeah, that up a little yeah. bit. So. I, I will say that, but I'm, that's that's. That's us being picky. Yeah. I w- and I want to jump on the sponsor thing one more time on the shoes. This will be really interesting. So right now, Lionel doesn't have a shoe sponsor. And, and the, the biggest question is, do these shoes work? And this is something interesting because, you know, every if anyone watches Lionel's YouTube channel, he's a really, really big data guy. He's always wanting to test things out and all that. And so we started, there's no one has really done an extensive review on if the shoes are actually faster so Lionel is going to do one himself, um, and if you have any thoughts or any ways that you think that you could do the review better, then you should totally message him or email him from his website. But what he figured he could do is he's going to run uh, three kilometers at a 
sustainable pace, and he's going to run it in uh, one pair of his his normal Skechers without the carbon plate, and then he's going to test the Nikes, the Hoka's, and I think the Adidas carbon plate. So four different shoes, and he's going to run them at the exact same pace, and he figured if the shoes were faster, then your heart rate will go down. And he's also going to wear a stride pod to get, I mean, if the power is any difference, we have no idea. But that will be a YouTube video that we're going to create too. So he he just wants to see the difference himself. Do you, do you think that that's something that you could do, Pat? You could see the heart rate and all that come down or... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know necessarily with, I mean, you, you could potentially use the heart rate. I think the biggest thing will be is with the stride foot pods, you'll be able to understand what forces are going through the shoe. And then we could extrapolate that across the 42 kilometers. So, you know, Gwen had done back in the day when she was using the stride pod a bunch, she had been floating around understanding what was happening when she went from a four percenter to a spike to a training shoe. And we were taking data from that. So now if you're doing the exact same test on the same surface for the same duration, you should be able to have very clear evidence mm-hmm. uh, of, of what's going on with the shoes. Yeah, yeah. And because and, and, that was something that he was arguing was he was like, I don't feel like that the shoe's much faster. I feel like that I'm able to sustain a pace much longer. Let's say like... Let's, I mean, for us, for, for me, like, let's say like a seven minute mile pace. If I was to wear a normal shoe, I could go run a seven minute mile and probably hang on for three miles. But I feel like if I was right. wearing, I guess from what Lionel says, if I was wearing the alpha fly, I'm able to sustain that for a lot longer. So let's say like four and a half to five miles. So I guess that would be the percentage difference. But I guess this, this, uh, when you when you Google and look at all these video reviews, all these jokers on YouTube just have the shoes and they talk about the difference of them. And I'm like, how are you gonna? <laughs> Let's see some data. So this will this will be really interesting. St- yeah, you got to start running yeah, them. Yeah. So that 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 will be interesting. Uh, moving on to the next thing, uh, entry lists. Entry lists are a thing that Iron Man posts on their kind of their backdoor pro website. This is something that Kyle and I were uh, talking about. Um, the North American Championship in Tulsa, there's no big swingers on it. Uh, there was some, uh, let's say, Patrick Lang was on the list, but he dropped off once they canceled. Oh, sorry, he was on Texas, so he dropped off that list. But, I mean, you have Anthony Costas, Mauricio Mendez-Cruz, which is going to give another shot at Ironman, which will be interesting, and then Andy Dreitz and Cody Beals. But I think that a real good North American Championship – it's going to be uh, pretty vicious this year, Lionel. I mean, uh, Kyle, what, who are all in the women's the entry list so far? So this isn't like official, but this is the entry list. So the entry list will obviously get trumped by the start list once that's released. Normally, about two weeks to ten days out from the race, sometimes a week out, just depends. So the entry list for the women's race for Ironman North America Championship in Tulsa is Lauren Brandon, Heather Jackson, Kim Morrison. Michelle Vesterby, Laura Phillip, and newly added Daniela Riff. So, the so what do go ahead? How many spots are they taking? Do we know yet, or is this is this going to just change based on how many races they're actually going to have available? So it says on Ironman uh, found the what they are going to allocate, and according to this, it says that they're allocating two men two women, and then two unassigned. So I don't know if that two unassigned will be two extra female, two extra male, one extra male, one extra female, or what they're going to do with those. It, and, it, and that all depends yeah. on how many female versus male start that day, start the race. Sure. So if there's if there's 30 men and 10 women, they might give the two to the male. up to the yeah, men. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Understood. Or flip the other exactly. way. Um do we know from who's on this list so far for for Tulsa? Who has slots already? Um, Riff has a slot. Laura Phillip has a slot. So okay, um, which is interesting to see. Daniela decide that she wants to come and, and race, but then again, Daniela likes to race. She's uh, Tulsa's home state for me. So I mean, I can I'm an hour drive. So I'm it's pretty always, excited. Always this fun is, to go watch close. the watch the watch the Angry Bird going. Yeah, through some races. but an interesting thing though that I love is it looks like that Danielle is going to do an American tour because she's on the St. George list as well, which is kind of like we talked about earlier in the show is that 
her and Holly are both on that list. Jeannie Metzler is as well, but I mean, these, these two athletes are, I mean, some of the best, I mean, they are the best in the world. So I'm not saying Jeannie can't hang with them, but, um, it'll be an interesting pre world's battle to see them to duke it out on that course. And I think I imagine Daniela wants to race that course because she wants to preview it before worlds. All right, let's move on to St. George. Right. No, no, that's what I'm talking about. That is St. George. Oh, you're talking about yeah, okay, yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry. Holly's going to do St. George as well. Ho- Holly, Holly, yep, and her. Yep. Sorry, I meant I meant for the I meant and for the Jenny Seymour. Obviously, the name change is now Jenny Metzler. So. Metzler. The men the is going to be a complete banger. We got Sebi coming back to race Lionel again, which is going to be uh, a really, really good race. Uh, also, some other names on there is Ben Canute. And David McNamee, but um, I'm more excited for Lionel Sanders and Anthony Costas. We'll see if those Watsons Zwift are were actually legit in our uh, our Zwift races on Wednesdays. Yeah, I I, I don't, I'm excited. You're it'll too be, you're be... too close to the source. You can't really touch too much on it. But yeah, I'm really excited for for Anthony and Lionel to go at it in a in a real race on the, road, can... on the road. I think we've got to we've got to reach out to Ben Canute. So obviously he's on this list, but he's still potentially toying with the Olympics. We'd like to we'd like to figure out where that's going to end up. Someone told me, and I will I won't repeat the source. Someone told me that Team USA has already selected their relay team. So, and he was not selected on it, which I don't know how reliable that source is, but. Uh, I, I don't know how you could leave someone like Ben Canute off, but I'll have to dig dig that one yeah, up a little I don't bit, know. a little bit more. I don't so, know, but I, I'm there. The only thing about all this is it's so cool. We finally got racing. It's coming back. It's gonna happen. We got some. And I mean, if you're if you're in North America, you you get to watch some of this fast European style racing that we usually don't get to see as lot. So if you're close to these uh, cities and you're able to travel safely. We're able to drive. I mean, these are some races that you definitely want to go. Incredible battles that you get to watch. So pretty, pretty pumped on that. And if you go to Tulsa, let me and Talbot know, because we know the food places there and some ins and outs along with Pat. Pat knows, Pat knows as well. So Tulsa tough. Yeah, I we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, you can you can come get come at me for the for where to eat. <laughs> hot takes. Hot Let's takes. do hot, hot takes. takes. Here we go. Hot takes. So Iron Cowboy, James Lawrence, he's uh, doing the 100 Ironmans in 100 consecutive days. Uh, today he started day 25. I told Talbot it was probably day 12 when his, his leg just started swelling up, ballooning. And I was like, Talbot, there's no way this guy finishes. But this guy's proven that he's probably the most mentally tough person on this planet. Is he doing the same course? Same Where's course. It's uh, Guinness Guinness World Records certified the course. So, same course, one hundred days in a row, swimming everything in the pool. Where, where is he? Salt Lake City, yeah. at altitude. And then he goes and runs and yeah, bikes runs. out of his yeah. front. Yeah, he he bikes so. around Utah Lake, and then I believe he stops at his house. Oh my god! Does like an hour transition, like 30, 45 minutes to an hour transition to try and get infrared light on his leg and stuff to help it like reduce the swelling it's crazy it's it's incredible to watch so if you're not watching this on his his instagram page then you're totally missing out pat is he gonna finish or what it's incredible i don't know man i mean i don't i don't have a pair of bike shorts that i could do that in like that's my biggest fear it's like i don't People, I I would love to do, you know, some of these big gravel races, but I go, I have to find a pair of bike shorts that I like past 100 miles. (laughs) I go, that's my, my, that's my biggest problem. Um, you know, I just, again, I just go, I'm like, what is this guy? I've done, you know, I've done some stage races that are 11 days long and I'm not doing anywhere near the duration of what he's doing every single day. But I just got so sick of eating after day six and seven. Um, that's that's the hardest part. Is you you just your body's just giving up, up on you. Yeah. I mean, that's why his leg is swelling yeah. up. I mean, so anyway, yeah, hats off to him. But geez, Louise, man, we're we, we're proud of you if you stop today. <laughs> we're proud that's of you. the thing. Well, we talked. Uh, to, so Talbot Talbot actually talked to him because we were going to come out there and and do the race with him on Talbot's birthday. 
because he was going to do it later. And then he told Talbot, no, we're capitalizing now. There's no races going on so we can get a bunch of bunch more media coverage and things like that. The, the thing is, is he, to my knowledge, he didn't do all of his training. He was like, I'll, I'll just do the training throughout the duration of the 100. And he'll get fitness through doing that. Hey. More power to you, man. If you can finish it, then go for it. Crazy. Next hot take, uh, triathlon was dead in 2020 for obvious reasons. Um, triathlon's been kind of in a lull for a while now, but you go to a bike shop nowadays and there's there's not a bike to be had anywhere. I went to the Trek dealer here in Oklahoma City yesterday and they were down to about 10 road bikes. So hopefully triathlon's going to be on the up and up this year. Uh, people getting back into racing, people new new newbies coming into the sport, hopefully uh, changing things up. Well, I think I think I think analytically, triathlon from a media standpoint for for professional athletes was dead because when triathletes age groupers only follow the pros when they're racing themselves. I'm not going to say only, but when you look at analytics on as far as social media, YouTube, and all that, the numbers aren't near as high all of last year because no one's training and racing. So I think that Pat, would you say would you say that you think it's going to rise back again this year to what we we saw in 2019? No, you don't think so. You think we'll have another flat year? I, I just, I, I just, I, I don't know. It's tough to say. You know, I talked to somebody that was at downhill uh, mountain bike nationals in Tennessee a few weeks ago, and they said the event vibe was amazing. They just said it's absolutely so cool. The event was pumping three times the amount of people that they normally have. So at bigger, it. so much bigger. My fear with triathlon is that. It's a complex sport that's expensive, and I just think the rollout for it may be a little bit more challenging to pull off um, as far as getting permits to hold an event that encompasses swim, bike, and run. I'm, I'm afraid that where these venues have to happen, it will be hard to get clearance to bring an age group race back, mm-hmm. and I think city, cities will be hesitant to sign off on that. I agree with you on that one. Not controlled. I, I just... I just, I just think it's going to be a little bit for pro races are one thing. I just think the larger age group rollouts will will prove to be a little bit more challenging. So no more two thousand yeah. entries into an Ironman race, probably for the foreseeable. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I yeah. I just, I, I think it's going to be yeah, tricky. Be not tricky. to say that there won't be, not to say that there won't be, you know, jubilation that there's events happening again. I just think it will. The rollout will prove challenging. Yeah. Next one, Patrick Lang, Talbot kind of hit on this. Patrick Lang decided to pull out of, of his North American tour and is going to race Challenge Gran Canera. Canary. Oh, Gran Canary Islands in Spain. Uh, also, Sarah True had foot surgery, so we wish her um, best of luck on her recovery. Um, so I saw, I saw her dabbling into commentating with a little bit with the Zwift stuff, so I thought for a little bit that she might... I don't know, maybe retire, but it looks like she's gonna keep she's gonna keep going at it. Let's gonna see her back in Kona. Great. Love um, it. last thing. Favorite segment. Here we go. Jan's data Wednesday. Jan pushed nine. He, he Jan has this new sponsor, and it's called Data Wednesday. And they talk. He's gonna talk numbers, and so he released it. He's gonna show his share his power files uh, at at Miami. And then I was waiting for it because I just wanted to see what it is. I was really curious. And he said that he rode 97% of his FTP. Do you feel like that that's... Uh, but he didn't give Pat. a number. He didn't give a number. Of Pat, what, his FTP what, are you, is. what are your thoughts on numbers? Is that is that actual data? I mean, or it's, 97? I mean it's, it's possible. But again, you can do 97% of your FTP for one minute. I mean, what, I, again, was this across for... He did this for three hours. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just like... If you, you can always capture a moment in time and say, I did 130% of my FTP. Okay, but against what? I mean, I don't I don't know. So <laughs> That's what we're confused on. You know, we we want to see a little bit more numbers like, from the GOAT. We, we'd like to, yeah, let's say, dude, open the kimono. Come on, let's, he's let's the see most, this. He's the most so, secreted anyway. athlete on the professional triathlon field. And if anyone argues anything different, then they're on drugs. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's just... I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm excited to see more data Wednesday. Data Wednesday. Jan, let's see <laughs> let's see some more numbers, some deeper numbers 
other than just a percentage of your FTP. I will say yeah. this. I pushed 110% of my FTP for four hours or three hours against Lionel Sanders up Mount Lemmon last year. I'm not going to say any more. And you were destroyed, and I was destroyed. after itself. No. I'm just kidding. I have no idea what I pushed. You had Probably a 190 10%. BPM heart rate for an hour and a half, which is enough to put any normal human being into a heart attack. So I'm sure it'll yeah. be uh, it's fine. Well, exactly. Kyle, but are we gonna are we doing a podcast next Wednesday or next week? I mean, we're gonna we got to recap some of these races, but what's what's kind of on the horizon? So we can either we can do next week, or we can do, not do next week and then do it prelude once the um well i guess there's ironman texas 70.3 70.3 texas is that weekend okay so talbot when do you leave do you know i'm I'm all over we'll 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 let let's see let's make this right here if we can get 20 instagram messages that people want us to continue next week and find some more stuff to talk about if they enjoyed this show we need 20 20 instagram messages we'll do it again i'll call my mom's friend we just need to tell them yeah, <laughs> we need that. Yeah, the first fifty, first fifty listens were were friends and family. <laughs> so. We need we need one we need one true one, fan. One true so, fan. Uh, okay, perfect. Thanks, guys. But for real, if you guys enjoyed the show, uh, yeah, let us know. Um, this is something that we, we try to bring more life to the uh, professional triathlon racing world. So let us know uh, know what you do like and what you don't like, and uh, we'll let Kyle close it out from here. Thanks for tuning in for this week's episode. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at ProTriNews because you can never follow enough content on social media. Be sure to listen on Apple Music or Spotify. The more downloads we get, the closer we are to receiving our Lamborghinis. Send us an email, ProTriNews at gmail.com if you want to be featured in our show or if you don't like our show and tell us what you don't like. Nothing says I love you like some hate mail. See ya. <laughs>